Hello, and welcome to the first bonus episode of Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. I've made this a bonus episode because it doesn't link to wellbeing or dog grooming. However, it does relate to podcasts, which is something that Tanya and I were talking about in the last episode, and it does involve stories from our Wellbeing for Dog Groomers listeners. As I mentioned to Tanya, I started listening about ghosts and folklore and strange things because of the two podcasts local to me, the Norfolk Folklore Society and Erie Essex. Because I'm from the east of England, I know these counties really well and I love passing places with my friends and having a story to tell them. Anyway, I know lots of dog groomers love ghost stories because I've seen it all over Facebook. So this bonus episode is completely off the normal topic and it's just something for us to enjoy. Today's guest, Shifra Connor, runs the Norfolk Folklore Society podcast with her friend Stacia Briggs. So, listen up to hear a bit about mythical dogs, dog groomers' ghost stories, and all things weird. Shifra was an absolute pleasure to interview. She was so easy to talk to, and I'm so thankful that she came on. So I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Here we go. Hi Shifra, welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, really good. I'm really excited to be here today. I don't get to be like interviewed very often. It's usually oh. me doing like asking all the questions. So yeah, so tables have turned a little <laughs> yeah. bit, but I'm really excited to have you here. So I'm so glad you're on board. So I was sort of thinking to start off with, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and the podcast that you do with Stacia? Yeah, of course. So, well, I'm Shifra and my co-host, Stacia, can't be here tonight, unfortunately, but it's fine. I think I can talk for both of us, hopefully. Hopefully I won't say anything that gets me into trouble with her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we do a podcast called the Norfolk Folklore Society, which started life as a different podcast called Weird Norfolk. Okay. Um, So Stacia and I used to work for the Eastern Daily Press, which... um, is the local newspaper for Norfolk. Um, I know not all of your listeners are from Norfolk, so yeah. I thought I'd share yeah, just that. explain that one. Yeah. yeah, and I used to work with the photographers and Stacia was a feature writer. A lot of my time was set, spent in the archives, digging around for old photographs to help illustrate pictures for features that Stacia was writing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be there down there in the, in the dungeon digging around looking at old newspapers and I was always coming across really random stories and it was great like so I would like run back upstairs like station station look at this one look at this one that I found so and we would end up talking about them and especially if they were ghost stories like we'd spend ages and then we'd start doing research and it was it was just really interesting and we both really loved it and then I kind of thought maybe other people might quite like this so that was in 2017 we we weren't a podcast for a year actually so we published um our first story on the eastern daily press in march 2017 mm-hmm. and it was the witch of east Summerton. i don't know yeah. if you're familiar that's like yeah we it's always a, start with that yeah, one. quite a popular one in norfolk isn't yeah it? yeah I don't know if you've ever been out to the place. Like, no, I haven't had the chance to get out that way yet. Uh, it's really lovely, really magical. And it was just like the perfect starting point. So we went on for about a year just posting stories on the EDP website. And mm-hmm. occasionally, if the editors liked the story, we'd get put into the paper as well. And mm-hmm. then it became a regular feature in the paper. And people started paying more interest. And Stacia and I were like, well, let's try a podcast <laughs> and see what <laughs> happens. And here we are. 
yeah like how many seven years, years later, later. <laughs> wow no, so, that's great. It's really interesting. I absolutely love it. So who would you say that the podcast is sort of aimed at, really? I think, to be fair, when we started it, Station I didn't ever, and we still kind of don't, we don't really consider our audience, which sounds no. really mean. <laughs> We're like, we don't care. We do. We obviously really love that people listen to us. But yeah. our conversations are always just conversations that Station and I would have and just recorded. Okay. So I guess it's aim- they're really aimed at people like me and Stacia who are into yeah. weird stuff, into history and really interested in our local area what I like as well is when I go to the places like I haven't been to East Somerton but I've been to Norwich area and basically when I go there I'm looking around thinking well they was talking about this the other day that goes on there or there was one oh what is that road called it's High High and Road is it that one yeah the haunted house there that's such a good story (laughs) me and my fiance drove down a road in Norwich and I saw the sign I was like it's that road it's that road (laughs) he was like calm down calm down I was like yeah and you can also sort of look and think oh this is how it used to be that, yeah. that used to be there and it isn't there now obviously it's brilliant it's interesting to listen to the stories hear a bit about the history and then actually it all sort of pings back when you go to the places mm. so and we really we try and choose places that people can get to so like yeah. obviously you have like the big houses like Blickling Hall is obviously haunted by Anne Boleyn mm-hmm. but you have to like pay to go into it so we try and choose places where people can easily get to and you know take a dog on a walk and like mm-hmm. you know work that into their route and like so it's it's quite nice to be able to do that we actually really found that during lockdown we had a lot of people contacting us and it was so lovely saying that we'd really helped them through lockdown firstly because we're really chatty so it was just like having someone in the room with them chatting yeah but also giving people ideas of places to visit mm-hmm. which were outside so, yeah, you know. and that is exactly what happened with the Thetford, is it Thetford Priory one? Because that yeah. is literally just off of the A11, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm always pinging between Norfolk, Essex and Suffolk. I'm always between the three counties. So the A11, I'm always up and down there. <laughs> and what with having dogs, you need places to stop off to walk your dogs on the way mm-hmm. to places. So I said to my, my fiance, I said, shall we stop at that Thetford Priory? Because that's <laughs> not far off the A11. That's perfect. You can walk around there. And yeah, it's really good. It's yeah, really the Priory is like really nice. And there's Thetford Warren Lodge as well with the rabbit. Yeah. With the, with the giant rabbit, which is also a really good place. And obviously Thetford Forest <laughs> is so lovely. Yeah, it's always worth a stop off there if anyone's yeah. ever travelling through. You might meet a Bigfoot, but you know, yeah, got to take okay. those risks, haven't you? <laughs> keep your eyes peeled yeah um so what are some of your favorite episodes because obviously we've been doing it quite a long time now so Mm. which ones really stand out to you it's actually like when um people ask me this question it really depends like what mood I'm in because we have done so many I think we've got over 100 episodes now so sometimes Mm. it's like it's hard to remember what we've done I need to go back (laughs) and listen to them from the start just to refresh my memory but I really enjoyed the one that we just did which is the good sort of wind um wind farthing yeah which it seems like it's not like a scary story it's like it's a bit of a folkloric kind of story about a magic mm-hmm. sword basically yeah but we had just had like such a good conversation yeah and so it was, it was really, really entertaining <laughs> and um, we had we've had quite a lot of good feedback back about that one as well yeah um I also really like um we did a little series about 
like Norwich's ties to Salem you know in mm-hmm. the Salem witch trials and there's yeah. some really interesting links and I had actually gone to Salem with some friends on holiday um wow. so it started there and I got an interview with some people at the Salem Witch Museum so they told me about Bridget Bishop and her life in Salem mm-hmm. and then I came back and we looked at what her life would have been like in Norwich and you know and visited the places that she would have been and Bridget Bishop and a lady called um, Mary Oliver who wasn't actually tried as a witch but she was sent back to Norwich and then it all then she got burnt to death like it was all like all the the drama (laughs) (laughs) but I really liked that because it was a really interesting it was just interesting and to be in Salem and talking to them about someone from Norwich it just felt really cool and it's Um, again walking in the shoes of them yeah like you can literally walk the same routes that they would have walked it's it's amazing but my favorite spooky one is um the Fulmodiston mist Fulmodiston is quite difficult to say so I have to really think about it (laughs) but that's a really it's just like a ruin a church ruin in North Norfolk Mm -hmm. apparently in August 2005 um, a group of walkers because it's I think it's just off a public footpath and so they were walking their dog and um they noticed the ruin like kind of in the ivy so they thought they'd have a little look and um one of the dog the walker's dogs like just flat refused to go into the ruin but they went in anyway yeah as you do do. (laughs) and they were met by um a really strong smell of sulfur and Mm. a weird mist just kind of like lingering there and they felt really uncomfortable so they left and as they left they they heard voices and they looked up to the top of the tower that was still there and they saw a figure like walking around the top of the tower oh it gives me goosebumps just like talking about it (laughs) (laughs) and I think I like it so much because one it's really creepy because of like sulfur is obviously associated with like kind of with demons and stuff so you feel like it would have been a negative kind of presence there but I go to a lot of church ruins and I'm like oh that could be me yeah (laughs) so I've been really like (laughs) I just love that one so you car parked in sight yeah (laughs) um but I've not been to full modestan yet so I need to put it on my list of places to go although I might be too scared I don't know yeah that actually reminds me when we was doing Christmas shopping over over Christmas me and my partner we walked past Exchange Street and that was literally (gasps) just after you brought that episode out and I was like it's up there it's up there and he was like what I was like that's Exchange Street and he was like that's a really creepy one isn't it (laughs) yeah really creepy (laughs) so ghosts and fairy tales and folklore have seemed to like really have exploded recently in popularity there's so many things like on TV on podcasts like it's everywhere we go Mm. so why do you think that is what why has it got so big I've actually I asked this question of my guests quite often as well because I think it's just fascinating like Mm -hmm. Stacia and I have I mean we've always been weird and we've always been into this stuff (laughs) we've always been weirdos so for us it feels a bit like well why haven't people been interested in this all the time anyway yeah (laughs) because it's great I think I think lockdown has a lot to do with it, actually, mm. because people, obviously, you couldn't travel, you were really, you know, you are you were very tied to your kind of local area. Mm. And so it kind of brought people into just seeing what their local ha- local area has to offer. Yeah. And, and I really think that has part of it. And being connected to nature and being out. So I think that's why we've seen an increase in like witchcraft and things like that as well, yeah. just because people during that time felt really connected 
Yeah. And um, I think that's how I got into it, really. I mean, I'm as I've got older, I'm now 37. So the last, say, sort of three or four years, I have gradually become more interested in my surroundings. Like, I think when you're younger, you sort of walk around and you're so, you've got so many things going on mm. and you just don't take it all in. But as you get older and you're sort of out walking your dog, you're looking around and you think, oh, wonder what this was like you know and yeah. it's more interesting and, and you're like you notice the little things don't you a lot more yeah definitely and I think with like the ghost stories and the folklore like I mean I wondered if it was because people carry so much stress and so much things nowadays in their real life sometimes it's nice just to jump out of that world and into something just completely out there to yeah to I absolutely agree stuff. it's almost like escapism isn't it totally that's exactly yeah. what I mean yeah and um I guess it's also that kind of our lives at the moment like they're so complicated yeah <laughs> there's like so much stuff isn't there whereas yeah. I guess as well you know people people maybe more with the, the folklore and superstitions and that kind of thing it's like yeah. it's almost like looking back to a simpler time yeah and you're like oh you know in the old days you know it was a devil that built that hill you know yeah. it was just like just a, it's just a really simple story like yeah. it's not over complicated there wasn't the internet involved it was just like a much simpler time and I, oh, it's I wonder if, yeah yeah I wonder if people are hard you know trying to cap recapture some of that simplicity yeah. maybe yeah I definitely think that's part of it definitely mm. <laughs> so if like these when you hear these stories that we sort of speak about usually like we're going back quite a way since it was reported in something Mm. like a paper or a local magazine or whatever that someone had seen something weird so do you think like people are noticing things less nowadays or maybe they don't want to speak out or what what do you think it is that's a really good question and actually not something I'd really ever thought about Mm. But I was mulling it over because you were very kind and gave me this question earlier, which (laughs) I'm very thankful that you did because I think you would have thrown me (laughs) because I've never thought about it. But the more I thought about it, I wonder if it's people aren't necessarily noticing less weird things. It's just our modern interpretation maybe goes, oh, that must have a scientific explanation. So it's kind of maybe just brushed off and not talked about because they're like, oh, well, there must be like a, oh, I've just seen something moving in the sky. It's yeah. probably not a UFO. It's probably like a satellite or something. Yeah, or like the RAF or Yeah, something. there's a lot of explanations for stuff now. And yeah, if you see a ghost, it's like, oh, well, it's probably just like a bit of dust on my camera, you mm. know? So so I feel like there is the same amount of weird stuff happening. It's just we yeah. try to explain it away more than people would have done in the past, maybe? That's it. And I, I had some conversations with some friends recently, and like I didn't really think to mention this before, but it's just popped in my head, which is, you know when you like look at the time or you look at like what channels come on the telly and you see the same numbers all the time? Mm. That's the only thing that I can really think of recently that people would step forward and say, actually, that is a bit odd that I keep seeing... I yeah. don't know, 222 or 444 yeah. or them sorts of numbers. And we all do it from time to time. But sometimes it's just like this number just keeps Yeah, and it up. keeps, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I haven't had that happen recently, but it has happened in the past. It is a bit strange. Mm. You mentioned 222. Did you go and see the play? Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's so no, good. But, Have you heard um, of it? No, one of my friends always sees three twos and I've got oh. another friend who always sees three fours. Oh, you need to take your friend with the three twos to see the play 222 because it's okay. so creepy. Is it's it? really good. Yeah, it's by <laughs> Danny Robbins. So, you know, the oh, uncanny it? guy? Yeah, yeah. It's He wrote it. Very good. 
so I was like, recommend. is that in London or is it just so it was just in London no it was in London and then I it went on tour so it did actually come to Norwich last year um, wow. but I think it's touring at the moment but I would definitely recommend it 222 I'll put it yep. in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> so the other question that I was going to ask you is before we get into any stories because we've got some brilliant mm-hmm. stories yeah. to be talking about later Victorians okay so I put out on our Facebook page any creepy stories I've got a guest coming on who's gonna love anything weird (laughs) or out of the ordinary or whatever and I thought through and I have picked three stories but in all of the things that people put and there were quite a lot of them Mm. we keep getting Victorians and it always seems like it's Victorians (laughs) no matter what ghost story it is so what is it with the Victorians and why do they keep popping up everywhere? Yeah, they do. They're always popping up them Victorians. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have thoughts about this myself and I've yep. got two theories. My first okay. is that they are actually Victorians and the Victorians were like fascinated with the afterlife and spiritualism. And so right. one of my thoughts is they dabbled so much mm-hmm. and were so interested. Did they when they've passed on have they decided to like stay yeah because they were so interested and so wanted to prove you know the existence of the afterlife so okay. are they still kicking around because of that but I would my never other... have thought of that theory but that's brilliant <laughs> like that's exactly the sort of knowledge that you have just lodged in there about... <laughs> I think about these things quite a lot yeah <laughs> um but my other thought theory is that they're not really Victorians they're actually it's I think we see someone in uh, a long gown mm-hmm. and we're so familiar with Victorian kind of aesthetic and dresses and fashion yeah we automatically assume that it's a Victorian but actually okay, yeah it could be any kind of it could be a cloak it could be you know a dress from the 17th yeah. century but we just think oh it's a Victorian yeah this reminds me this conversation right you've got an episode and I think it's something to do with a white woman where people Mm -hmm. were saying there's a bride wearing white and you was like no 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 brides didn't wear white before Queen Victoria exactly so what was she wearing it it, was it that age or was it someone else yeah was it a nighty or like what what was it and and it's also you've got to like kind of think that you know if it there's loads of theories about what ghosts are and apparitions. You know, if it is a an entity an entity that takes energy to try and materialize, mm-hmm. how much energy does that take? Are they going to put a lot of detail into their dress? Okay, yeah. Or you know, will they just try and manifest a vague outline? Yeah, and, and we're like putting that label on it. And know. that explains why some people don't see like facial features. That yeah. would make sense for that as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. So mm. we're like, oh, it's a faceless, terrifying woman. But it's actually, she just doesn't have the energy to like fully <laughs> She's manifest. Tired. Yeah, She's exactly. She tires to sort her face out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So one thing that I did say to you before we did the interview was, would you um, look up any mythical dogs or any dog-related stories? So did you manage to find any for Yeah, us? so we have a couple. I mean, I don't know how familiar like your listeners are with Norfolk, but Norfolk and North Suffolk uh, really fam- have one of the most famous dogs mm-hmm. <laughs> in folklore, yeah. um, which is Black Shook. And so the story goes that in 1577, um, a strange and terrible wonder which is a great like <laughs> yeah. description Brilliant. of him. Start to a story, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, visited Bungie. Um, there was a massive storm and a huge black dog with flaming red eyes burst into the church there, 
killed I think two or three people and then wow. like went went off down to Blythborough um, where you can still see the, the scorch marks on the door apparently where yeah. he, he went so that's really cool so that kind of kicked off the Black Shook legend in Norfolk and Suffolk yeah. um, and he's quite a fella to come across isn't he well you You're don't not, really um... want to come across him no because it goes that if you see Black Shook some stories say that you'll be dead within um, a day and some say you'll be dead within a year if okay. you see him so, yeah, so let's just try and avoid him let's just not look at him <laughs> <laughs> but then that story that's like the first recorded story of a black dog um mm-hmm. kind of in the area um but we've spoken to people who have seen him recently within like the last five years wow. also in that kind of area so it's an area around Gelderston, um which is also ho- home to this is another great name for like a folkloric creature the hateful thing wow <laughs> so which again is um well a lady called margaret helen james wrote about him in 1891 so I'm just going to read her little extract if that's okay okay yeah so it says there is an uncomfortable sort of ghostly terror in beast form that haunts the villages on the borders of the two counties which is commonly called the hateful thing I allude to the churchyard or hell beast this charming creature generally takes the somewhat indefinite form of a swoundling i.e a swooning shadow whatever that might be whenever it is met in any locality it is a sign that some great and unusually horrible wickedness is about to be committed or has just taken place there (laughs) (laughs) it's this like shadowy black dog that just like appears when there's something terrible is going to (laughs) happen but we've spoke to two people recently that actually saw a massive black dog Mm -hmm. in the Gelderston area oh so even they're still alive I mean, Norfolk and Suffolk have got a hell of a lot of forestry and a lot of places that a big black dog could hide. Mm. Yeah, well, this is it. Like the the thing with these both these two cases where people saw him recently, he just vanished. Like the dog was there, and it was a big dog. Yeah, like Irish Wolfhound or bigger. Yeah, yeah, that kind of size. Didn't have the flaming like red eyes, which is traditional for black Mm -hmm. shook, and they weirdly. One of them said that they didn't feel scared exactly. They just like felt like they needed to respect it, which okay. I think is a really interesting yeah. kind of feeling to have. But then you have Black Shook, but then you also have like tales of phantom black dogs, which are a slightly different thing. So Black okay. Shook is that kind of hellhound, you know, all over Norfolk and Suffolk. Phantom black dogs, I think, are all over the country. And they're usually kind of almost like a protective spirit. Okay. Especially for women who are walking alone. I've mentioned earlier, I used to work with the photographers. On one occasion, this female photographer was out doing some pictures for me about a black shook story. Okay. And she was in the middle of nowhere. And she said it was so strange because she was just down like a country path, like no one around, no houses around. And this big black dog just like appeared and walked next to her for a bit and then disappeared wow and it was like she was like it was just so weird because she didn't feel scared like it and it was just like the dog was almost like checking on her like yeah so it was it was really interesting so not all black dogs that you kind of see are are kind of bad or scary but um chrome has got a few really interesting stories and I just kind of wanted to flag those like kind of mention those ones there's a story of a black dog that just sits 
looking out to sea and the, the story around it is that its owner drowned with the dog oh, and the okay. dog kind of washed up on the on the shore but the owner was never seen again and so that dog is just sitting there like oh, waiting and then if anyone approaches it it just vanishes and that's kind of really like sad. I actually mentioned to you I think when we sort of had a brief chat the other day that one of my local pubs there's been a medium that has seen a lady walking up and down the bar waiting for her husband to come yeah. back from war which again is it, so sad yeah and a little dog that I know I've known dogs that wait outside pubs for their owners to come back out and they are yeah you know some dogs are that faithful they will just sit and sit and sit and yeah yeah that's so sad to have a ghost that's just sitting yeah there just waiting. sitting there waiting but then there is a darker story relating so okay. similar again in chroma there's a legend that tells of some children and I don't know when this story is actually from but there's some children playing on the beach and they befriend a, a black dog and okay. they go they go out and they swim around and the dog's like swimming with them and then when the children started to head back into land the dog just turns and is like wow. growling at them and stopping them getting to safety and the children were just re- were rescued by some say you know some people fishermen I guess out in a sailboat and uh the dog vanished and oh. in some stories that dog actually turns into a man once the children are out to sea that so is it's creepy a, it is quite a creepy one isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they're my kind of favorite dog specific ones um, yeah and then we have the beast of the A1075, yes. which was a wolf-like creature. So it could be dog-related. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, you, I know that you you know this story. Uh, yeah, I've definitely <laughs> but, listened to this one. <laughs> it, it's based on the A1075, which is around Thetford, actually, isn't it? Yeah. There was someone driving. It was very late at night and they were driving um, home and they, they drove past this little area of woodland and they... Uh, kind of out the corner of their eye they saw a big dog and thought oh okay that's a bit weird yeah <laughs> so they were oh I'm gonna drive back so they drove back and they saw the dog again and it looked like it was dragging something into the woodland so they're like oh. oh and so they turned around and thought I'm gonna go home so then they head home and as they drove past a third time the dog stood up on its hind legs and was like human man size that and they didn't they terrifying. didn't go back again <laughs> So yeah, that is it's so creepy that one. It gives that me goosebumps every time one. I think about it. It's just yeah, the definitely. rising up onto its back legs and yeah. like standing up. No, nope. it's just not how a dog would normally act, is it? That's no. not normal wolf behaviour. No, very no. creepy. Oh dear. But yeah, so, there's some of my favourite dog stories for you. Brilliant. So do you want to hear some listeners' yes. stories that we've had sent in? Definitely. I'm very excited for these. (laughs) So I'm gonna, I've got three. Okay. And I found out where in the country they're from as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with a groomer who used to have a salon in a place called King Windford in the West Midlands. And I've called this story Ghost Poodles. Mm -hmm. So this lady used to rent a salon, which had been converted. Previously, it was her landlord's house. So He'd lived there for a long time before and split it up into several shops and she rented one of them as a salon. Mm -hmm. So both the groomer and her bather had one day mentioned, or it had come up, that they had often seen little white poodles as their grooming on the table, below the table, but they hadn't got poodles in. Yeah. There was no reason. And as soon as they looked up, they 
they'd gone. So they thought they both thought, you know, all trick of the eye, trick of the eye a bit. It happened quite regularly. So they mentioned it and had a chat about it. So the groomer, next time she saw the landlord, asked if he and, if he and his wife had ever had dogs when they lived at the house previously. And as it happens, the lady had always bred white toy poodles and any of the toy poodles that were passed on while they lived in the house were buried in the garden oh my goodness that's given me goosebumps that's a great story brilliant oh and how lovely though that's like such a nice thing to be haunted by isn't it exactly and I messaged the lady and I said to her what do they do are they just running around and they play what is it they're doing and she said it's just like they're sort of you know, when dogs do like zoomies and they just yeah. run around and play and just, you know, they're just sort of out the corner of their eye. They see it under the grooming table, look up, poof, gone. Oh, they probably love having all those other dogs around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder if the landlords, when they lived there, if they had the same experience or if it was the dogs, you know, all the dogs around there kind of. Yeah. I'd be interested to like know that. that. Yeah. Really interesting. That's a great one. So I'll move on to my next one which is a groomer from she's from the southwest coast of the country somewhere and i've called this one family outing um she does multiple dogs from one owner so the owner has several dogs and she does them all together one of the four dogs has died okay so she carries on doing the other three however occasionally when the three dogs are in the salon she looks across to the pen and she sees the one that has passed on so So it's almost like he's going to the salon with him and she said just a second and again gone yeah so that's lovely yeah sticking with the pack yeah okay so the third one that i have is on your patch okay i should probably write this one down shouldn't i yeah well i'll send it to you anyway if you (laughs) like but yeah no totally it's um i've i've called it the fetford helpful ghost so the background is that the building is about 500 years old and the yard and the land around it was used to keep and butcher the animals for the butchery. Mm-hmm. So all sorts of things happen in this lady's salon. She has her favourite combs disappear regularly. They will have the salon apart. At the end of the day, they'll clean down. They'll mm-hmm. go home. They'll come back the next day and the comb will be in the middle of the grooming table in full vision. Oh. So disappearing and refinding go- um, combs. Yeah, yeah. So another thing that happens in her salon is that the bathers often feel like they've been tapped on the shoulder and they'll turn around and there'll be no one there and they'll ask the groomer, did she come in and you know want to speak with them? No. Nope no one was there and they're just getting tapped on the shoulder so that's a bit (laughs) bit strange there is a chair in their salon that is empty it's there for if customers come in and want to sit down Mm -hmm. and she said regularly dogs will run up to this chair wagging their tail like someone's giving them a fuss oh Oh my goodness so there's lots going on in this salon has she ever had like an investigation in there or anything um, no, I think she has something lined up, but then lockdown mm. happens. But oh. there is more to this one, and it oh gets my goodness. better. Okay, so okay, so one day, this is the helpful bit. One day, she was really struggling with a dog in the bath because, as you can imagine, in dog groomers, not all dogs want to cooperate, <laughs> and sometimes you have one that's a bit of a struggle to keep in the bath. And she just let out a massive sigh and said, 
<sighs> God, it's time for a cup of tea. And the kettle switched on. <gasps> <laughs> That's so cool. And the final part of the story, which she did mention as well, is there has been times where she's been the last person to leave, obviously being the owner. She's locked up, switched lights off, gone outside to the car park around the back, glanced across and seen a tall figure walking past the window oh, from my inside the salon. That is so good. I thought you'd like that one. Great stories. I have so many <laughs> questions about this place. Yeah, well, I'll speak, I'll speak to her, and if she's happy to talk to you, then yeah, yeah. like that sounds amazing. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder who it is. Yeah. And again, it sounds like it's really interesting that all the dog ones that you've picked, they're all so nice. And yes. I wonder if that's like the dog vibes because dogs are like the best. Yeah, <laughs> so, they are, and they are very loyal to their owners and their yeah, surroundings. And yeah, even on a walk, a dog will find its way home and yeah. sort of to keep going back to the places that they always been. You know, I love especially... the idea that the dogs are going up to see someone sitting in that chair who's like just kind of watching. Yeah, and the dogs are like not scared. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Oh, they're so such good stories. Thank you for asking. Oh, no problem at all. I feel like no. you could do a Halloween special. Yeah, like... I did think actually. I was expecting <laughs> you to say maybe we should get you back for Halloween. <laughs> um, but there was other things. There were so many other stories that I didn't want to go through all of the bits and bobs. But I will just mention a few things that groomers have going on inside yeah. their salons, dotted around the UK. Scissors flying out of holders. Oh, you don't want that. <laughs> Lots of figures. Lots of equipment going missing, which mm. uh, my equipment goes missing a lot, but that is because I'm forgetful and I don't remember where I've put things. <laughs> that seems like a big problem with groomers. Yeah. Orbs, we have orbs on security cameras. Yeah. We have family members turning up, um, and that's several groomers have had that. Uh-huh. We have had trimmers flying off shelves, which I would be really annoyed about because the blades are very expensive to replace. <laughs> We have a lot of dogs barking at something that can't be seen. Mm. We have a lot of dogs growling at things that can't be seen. We have things scurrying walls and floorboards. Oh, no. We have bottles flying off of shelves. We have lost tools turning up in weird places. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's everything. It's amazing. The scurrying <laughs> things, I don't like. The oh, I don't like them one. <laughs> no. I always just tell myself, it's okay, it's mice. It's okay, it's yeah, mice. Yeah, it's just mice. <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you so much for coming on today Shifra oh, really honestly thank you so you. much for asking me it's a real pleasure so I'm oh. always happy to talk about weird stuff so oh fabulous <laughs> okay well I hope we get send lots of listeners your way because it's a fabulous yeah. podcast um, and <laughs> yeah you. you're our first bonus episode so yeah, yeah brilliant <laughs> okay well thank you very much and goodbye bye what a fabulous guest to talk to us on our first bonus episode my favourite episodes from the Norfolk Folklore Society include The Goat's Head of Strumpshaw, which explains about a pub that keeps trying to get rid of a goat's head and it mysteriously keeps coming back and causing havoc. I also like The Haysborough Torso, about a smuggler ghost that has been seen many a time zooming up the road and disappearing into the local well, and how his head bobs behind him, hanging by a single thread. And of course, let's not forget the Thetford Priory. I really enjoyed that interview, hearing about the ghost monks that are there and when you look in the building and see the figures in the top window but there's no staircase and there's no top floor. Me and Gary went there, but we didn't see anything strange. But hey-ho, maybe next time. Anyway, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Next week, I will be speaking to Gemma Corcoran about crafts. 
what to plan, what to take, why we should be there, and everything about what you can learn from going to crafts. But for now, have a brilliant week. Cheerio.